everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And it's just the two of us, but you know what? I'd much rather, for now, but I'd much rather be talking about this SFA game with you alone than have the whole group together to talk about that Missouri game again. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening last week. Uh, That was rough. Yeah, both audio quality wise and just material of the show. (laughs) Fortunately, Tech was the team that scored 52 points this week as they defeated the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin 52 to 17. Uh, Evan, I know you called dibs on the 92nd game recap this week, but I mean, it just felt good to win a game before we really jump into it. Oh, yeah, I think I told you guys and I was texting with Ben uh, during the game, just like, man, did we need that? (laughs) It's been a long time since Tex won a game like that, hasn't it? I I don't even know. Like, when's the last time we just blew somebody out? I didn't have this prepared, but let's see. Gonna go look. I'm gonna rely on the Scorigami bot that I wrote for the Stats Twitter account. Because we beat North Texas back in 2019, 52 to 17. Uh, okay, and, okay. And that seems like a blowout and a bigger deal since they're a conference mate. But we beat still we beat Houston Baptist 66 to 38 in 2020. So that could count. 69 to 21 against UMass. Nice. Uh, in 2019. Oh man, things were rolling in 2019 until. Oh yeah. Until Mary Jane got in our way. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I, I was there at the game. Good atmosphere, um, good vibes at the stadium. They're selling beer now. I was going to say, yeah, good beer. Uh, D- DJ, uh, I think, is a good idea. Uh, I don't know if everybody heard that, but the Tech has an on-field DJ that um, kind of does some things to hype up the crowd, and uh, I-, I think it's a good idea. I think the execution will get better over time, like maybe show them on the video screen a little bit so that people know what's going on because otherwise there's just like a random dude yelling <laughs> at some some points yeah it was kind of funny on the broadcast the only time i ever saw him on tv he was just kind of staring out into space not doing anything I, which i'm sure is not indicative of his effort throughout the night but it was the one time he actually got put at least on the broadcast tv he was just kind of staring yeah i never saw him on the jumbotron i could have missed it theoretically but yeah, but I mean, just just overall, really nice to be back in the Joe. Got to hang out with my family, who I didn't even think to ask if they were going, but my parents were in town for the game, so got to hang out <laughs> with them. I was just like going to the game by myself, and then I saw my mom post a picture with my uh, brother, who's in the Band of Pride right now, and I was just like, wait, yeah, of course they'd be going. Like, why wouldn't they? So yeah, yeah. so I got to hang out with my parents, and uh, shout, out, shout out Mary, my sister. Um, so yeah, I mean... It, it was just it was just nice, man. Like a good old net crack game. Um, just one of those games where you just get to stretch out and get a really big crack out of your neck there and just, oh boy, it feels nice, you know? Yeah, it really does. And I mean, outside of cracking your own neck, I felt like Marquise Crosby broke some backs on some <laughs> of his runs as well. But you want to go ahead and jump into this game recap? Yeah. All right. You going to time me? I'm, I'm I'll curious. time you. Okay. So Tech jumps on the board early after an 11-play drive that ends with a weird shovel pass to Smoke Harris that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Uh, SFA punts, but Parker McNeil then throws a really bad pick that should have been returned for a touchdown, instead gets stopped at the one-yard line, and the Lumberjacks tie the game on the next play. Uh, Marquise Crosby got 68 of his 196 rushing yards on the second play of the next drive, um, which shortly made it 14-7. SFA goes three and out. Now it's time for the big pass play. 
Uh, SFA blitzes both corners and doesn't cover Trey Harris, question mark, uh, leaving him open down the sideline for an easy touchdown, uh, 21-7. But that's just too much offense, so the team slow it down. There's five punts, five straight punts, uh, and SFAs are all three and outs there, three in a row. Some penalties help the Bulldogs get it out to 28 points on the sixth drive after that, I guess. Uh, a failed SFA fourth down, another Crosby long run, and it's 35-7. to Jacob Barnes adds one field goal to make it 38-7 to at the half. Uh, the Lumberjacks then start to put a drive together in the third quarter, but, but <laughs> shout out Jaden Burnett for just straight up stealing a handoff from Trey Self. Uh, Griffin Bear then re- uh, got his one quick slant for a long touchdown run of the week, making it 45-7. Jaden Burnett, uh, not satisfied with his earlier play, says, hey, I can score touchdowns too, picks up a fumble forced by Miles Brooks and heads into the end zone 52-7. Uh, Matthew Downing kind of sucks when he enters the game, <laughs> and Land- Landry Liddy makes his tech debut and ends the game uh, on the field. Uh, two for two for the Gatorade player of the year, by the way. And Tech wins 52-17 after some garbage time points by SFA. All right. Yeah, that was just about two minutes. So ah, yeah. I shouldn't have riffed. I should have went with exactly what you wrote and it would have been <laughs> fine. But, you know. Yeah. That's the kind of yeah. game you felt like you could riff about. You you didn't feel like every play mattered. You could have some fun and throw Landry Liddy out there at the end of the game. Or Yeah, I was. That's an interesting decision. I mean, what what did you think about about that? We're up fifty two to like ten or fifty two seventeen. I think when he comes in the game, uh, what did you think about that? So the reason why it would even be up for debate is that he's allowed four games before his red shirt gets revoked, so he could play in four games this season and still be a red shirt freshman next year. That's why this matters. I'd actually don't hate this. I want him in four games. I honestly don't care which four games, and this seems yeah. like a pretty good shot to just take the ball, hand it off a few times, attempt a couple passes, no big deal, get your first game action at the college football level under your belt, out of the way. If we need him at some point in the future, that's great. Um, if we end up having two hurt quarterbacks at some point he needs to play, then I'm not worried about that red shirt anyway at that point. Yeah. yeah. So I really don't hate this at all. I don't think you'll have a lot of other opportunities when you're up 52 to seven or whatever it was at that point during the game to just say, go ahead, Landry Liddy, uh, go make us proud. Yeah. I, uh, I wish I, I wish you had taken the other, uh, the other slant so that I could. Oh, I hated it. I hated the fact but, that Landry Liddy <laughs> came into the game, but, but no, I, I completely agree with you. I think, uh, you know how you can't like, you can't predict right now in the second week of the season, how many games your Thor, third string quarterback will be like able to play in right and so you know we can sit here and say oh i wish i wish we'd waited till the last four games of the season but like you know what if what if you're in a tight game with utsa you're not going to throw your third string quarterback on the field then right so take these opportunities when you get them get the guys some snaps get them some game looks it's very different from everything we've heard you know from from former players from coaches right getting in the game is just there's no way to emulate it in practice right they do their best but it's just it's just different when it's the other team's guys that are lining up against you and i know liddy he in the stat sheet he's what two for two uh with i don't know hold on i'm trying to trying to get back to my schedule here it's two for two with 16 yards um so obviously that's not lighting the world up but 
I will say that he had a pass that was called back on a hold uh, that I think showed why we're so excited. He's rolling back, uh, you know, backwards to his left uh, back and to the left. Um, anyway, <laughs> and uh, and he throws just an absolute bullet over the middle, about 15, 20 yards downfield, just perfectly executed other than the fact that one of the second string linemen decided to hold. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Landry Liddy got in there. He he looked I mean, he looked a hell of a lot better, better than Downing did in this game. But yeah, I mean, that's the um, next point is Matthew Downing looking for a shot of redemption where he, he didn't look good against Missouri, but no one really did. I mean, yeah, McNeil did well enough to, I guess, get the start this week, but it's not like he lit the world on fire against the Tigers either. But I mean, it just I almost felt sad for the guy. You, you, you come in and it just everything looks bad. Passes aren't going where they're supposed to go. A bunch of incompletions. Uh, what's his line for the night? Uh, one for three with three yards. <laughs> yeah, just I, and I mean, that's mostly against second teamers too. a little bit. It's the very end of the game. I think he plays. Yeah, he plays two drives or no, three drives, actually. Three drives. Yeah. Yeah. And just I mean, not that we're trying to score and, and he's playing with backups, too, to be fair to him. But I mean, if if he ends the game and, you know, I wouldn't be concerned if he had been the quarterback to end the game and we're just like, oh, yeah, it's twos. We're up 52 17. So, like, are we really going to go balls to the wall and like run the offense? Probably not. We don't know what Cumby does yet, but Landry Liddy came in and uh, executed the offense with the twos and threes on the field. So, I I mean, if you're Matthew Downing, you've kind of gone from uh, from being named the starter two weeks ago to, I mean, are you are you third string at this point? Probably not, but close. Yeah, and I was really rooting for him, too. I feel like Downing's legs give us more talent on the field when the passing game isn't working, but... I mean, it just, it was, it was rough to see. So if we do see him again later in the year, I mean, we may see them in Clemson, depending on how this game goes. Hopefully Tech's up 52 to seven at the end of that one too. And he plays some drives, but uh, it's hard to see the guy who was named the starter out of camp playing uh, in these two games uh, being Matthew Downing and and Parker McNeil really looks like he's the guy right now, uh, at least going into Clemson. He had that bad pick on that second drive. McNeil did. Yep. Um, and that's really the the biggest yeah. question mark. And I think really? that's going to be true of either quarterback. But yeah, go ahead. I mean, that that pick that you mentioned, I guess we're just going to go in reverse here. <laughs> as far as quarterbacks go, we'll start with Liddy, go to Downing, yeah. go to McNeil. McNeil on the on the second drive of the game. I mean, very first play. So first of all, I, I want to mention two things about this, right? SFA punts and it's downed at the two or three yard line, something like that. Great punt, uh, great coverage, and I thought Smoke made the right decision to lay off it. So just just a well-executed punt by them. You know, what do you traditionally do, Nathan, when you're backed up to your goal line? Like, what's the quote-unquote safe play call to make? You know, run up the middle. Yeah, run up the middle. Make sure you get out of the end zone. That's that's your goal. Let's If we can, let's get out to, like, the eight-yard line so our punter isn't, you know, crammed up against the back of the end zone, right? Uh... <laughs> Sonny Cumbie comes out and runs the play that Griffin Abair has scored two touchdowns on so far this season uh, from the two yard line. And damn it, Parker McNeil was just going to throw the damn ball there no matter how many people were covering him. And there were two people covering him and he threw it straight to the underneath coverage guy 
Um, like you said, he probably could have scored, but uh, Tech luckily kept him out, but it didn't really matter. But uh, yeah, Parker McNeil, I think, did the same kind of thing that Downing did on his non-tipped interception against Mizzou, which was, you know, just stared down his receiver, didn't make the right read. Like, you, you should only make that throw if that guy's open. I haven't looked at like a a view of it or anything, but I'm sure there was somewhere else he could have gone with the ball or just dumped it, you know, for an incompletion, right? And the so, fact it was at the one yard line may have been the point. It's, hey, look, you have to throw this ball because the clock is ticking and I want to get sacked if I don't let go of it. And you can't throw it out of bounds down the field because that's intentional grounding in the end zone and that's a safety. So I not a great yeah. call uh, by him, but I mean, if that's the only thing we have to complain about in this game from is Parker McNeil specifically. Is it the only thing, though, that What's I have to complain thing? about? I mean, if you look at his stat line, it's not very inspiring. I mean, you're playing. OK, so let's just get this out of the way. What was bad, Nathan? Tell me your point about what was bad. I mean, what was bad? And this started out as a joke, but honestly, I can't think of anything that was worse than this. And that's just Stephen F. Austin has a team. Yeah, um, I have no idea how they were ranked number 10 preseason FCS. I mean, they're they're real bad, y'all. Name recognition, they did well last year, I guess. And yeah, uh, some of those polls probably just go off of what the previous season looked like. But yeah, we kind of expected a little bit after their trouncing by Jacksonville State and their their close win against Alcorn State the week before. Uh, but I mean, this was kind of the game we were hoping to see, but it just it was it, it felt like playing a high school at times. I, I mean, yeah, just so. Back to my point. So my what was bad is the QB accuracy. I mean, uh, I don't need to dunk on Matthew Downing anymore, but that I, I had that especially. You don't want to be too downing but, on him. <laughs> that's true. But, you know, Parker McNeil gets the start after looking pretty good against Mizzou. Comes in and he goes 11 for 23 uh, with three touchdowns and a pick at the aforementioned pick. Uh, almost 200 yards. So, I mean, that's only a QBR of 26 and a half. Like, and this team was awful, right? Like this is an awful team we were playing and, you know, Trey self who literally kept throwing the ball into the dirt for no reason was nine for 22. So like, you're only a slight percentage better than a guy who like seemingly could not keep the ball out of the dirt, you know, to go back to baseball season. So I don't know, like it's, it's, I don't think the quarterback position is particularly settled at this point. So think it's settled but i'm not happy about it i think it's what i've settled yeah. on i parker mcneil looks like the best chance you could argue for landry liddy but i'd really rather not throw him to the wolves year one uh, let's wait till after clemson anyway to do yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah but yeah it seems like we know who our best option is it's parker mcneil but there needs to be more improvement there i'm really kind of curious if this is a a scheme thing a this is Sonny Cumbie's offensive system and it's a little too complicated for someone to jump into very quickly um, another reason why I'm glad we have Landry Liddy waiting in the wings for either next year or the year after hopefully he's still on the team but it seems like a system that's very complicated very okay you need to know you and the receiver have to be on the same page and see the same thing and make the same read and for a college quarterback, even for transfers that have been at P5 programs like Downing and McNeil, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And so I'm wondering if some of these stats are not as indicative on them as players, but on the scheme as a whole. Yeah, I mean, that certainly could be the case. And, 
you know, I think we're all expecting that throughout the season, the offense will look better, look more fluid, you know, look like they kind of have it under their belt, I guess. Or what am I trying to say here? Like they, they'll they'll just operate more efficiently. Right. And I love what we're seeing, you know, in flashes. Right. I, I love I, I love that trick play, man, that. You know, that could have not worked. And then we'd be like, wow, I hate that call. But um, the play design there is something that we have not seen in, you know, since Dykes, at least if he even did anything like that. But, yeah, um, you know, I think it's called the swinging door or something like that. But uh, just I mean, catching SFA completely off guard. And, you know, I think that the brilliance of that play design. And if you all don't know what I'm talking about, it's the the first touchdown um, smoke Harris lined up all the way to the left with four offensive linemen in front of him split as like wide receivers. And then four guys in the backfield, including McNeil, the center, obviously. And then the three guys in the backfield go up to play offensive line essentially, but it's like Trey Harris and uh, Charvis Thornton or whoever, whichever running backs on the field. And then one, one wide receiver split out wide to the right. Smoke Harris comes in and essentially runs a jet sweep a uh, little shovel pass and the brilliance of that play design I think is that you know SFA did not know who was an eligible receiver they really they probably should have just called timeout to be honest cuz they were they were just if you watch a replay of it their linebackers are like what's going on they're just like looking side <laughs> side to side they almost made the stop to be fair but yeah uh it's called but, the swinging gate by the way oh swinging uh, gate sorry yeah how could i how how could you ever confuse a door for a gate but yeah, it, I mean, the, the play calling itself, I love. My concern is that the system may be a little too complicated, but it's also the second game. Our first four games are all out of conference. You could argue in a season like this one, they don't really matter. It would be nice to get wins at SFA and uh, South Alabama just for bowl eligibility concerns, because you can just kind of yeah. go ahead and write off Mizzou and Clemson. But Man. at this yeah, Mizzou. we'll see if we'll... Oh, God. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what we'll have to say about Clemson in a week. But yeah, it's I just hope that the the puzzle pieces start coming together a little bit better by the time we enter conference play. Um, But yeah, and I I think it takes time. You know, it's a new coach. We have so many new faces, like we keep saying, Uh, drink every time we say that and you'll have a good night. But um, it's it's just, you know, you would hope that some of the passing inaccuracy and stuff like that wouldn't seem to be the problem. Um, cause I don't know how much of that is scheme versus how much of that is just like, Hey man, you threw behind a guy that was wide open. Like <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not really a scheme, I guess. But, uh, you know, 50% passing on the night against a team that was essentially going to let us do whatever we wanted. And I guess maybe that's not fair to them because they only gave up 216 yards, uh, through the air, but we only passed it 28 times as well. Uh, and why was that Nathan? I, I have a feeling you're going to talk about this uh, for your, what was good about this game. Yeah. What was good was the running game. Another, <laughs> another called shot. Uh, I mean, against Missouri, I was talking about how the short passing game they would implement and they did it. Then I said against SFA, we should be able to run all over them. And we did Marquise Crosby, 16 carries 197 yards and two touchdowns with a long uh, of 68. Yeah. Welcome to the fucking show. Marquise Crosby. <laughs> Like, hell yeah. Uh, Matt's trying to think of some nicknames. Uh, we'll have to get his thoughts later. But um, 
Yeah, what was what was it he was trying to do? He was trying to call him the pinball crozard. Yeah. I, that doesn't really work, but I, I didn't like it. I was uh, trying to go for a Bing Crosby joke, but that didn't really work either because that's yeah, a little bit dated. Uh, <laughs> a little bit I, a little bit dated. A little bit. Uh <laughs> the other guy whose name we have to think of a nickname for, Charvis Thornton, also on the night, 10 carries, 62 yards, a 6.2 average and a touchdown. Normally, if you're running for 6.2 yards per carry on 10 carries, you consider it a pretty good night, but not when you have Crosby running ahead of you. Yeah, what is uh, 16 carries for 197 yards? That's like, what, 12 yards a carry, something like that? 12.3. Yeah, oh, that was just straight up mental math. Good job. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so (laughs) I did not carry the ball a single time in the second half, by the way. So I I don't know what happened there. I, I haven't seen that he's hurt or anything. I think maybe it was just like, Hey, uh, this is like triple quadruple the distance I've ever run in a college game. So <laughs> maybe, yeah. uh, maybe old Marquise just, uh, needed to be on the oxygen, um, in the second half, just hanging out on the sideline, but would have loved to see him get in and, and get a couple more carries to break 200, but yeah, we'll see that performance this week against Clemson. He'll, he'll oh, hell 200, yeah. I'm sure it's, uh, it's going to be the, the 405 yard to match, um, you know, to match the NCAA record we've got for Troy Edwards. Um, oh, yeah. And a run for 405 yards against Clemson this week. On one play. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go to the other side of the ball for my what was good about this game. Uh, just the defense as a whole was very, very strong. Uh, if you look at the final box score, you'll see that SFA had 17 points. They had uh, 305 yards. But uh, I went and calculated for you so you don't have to what SFA did before garbage time. So when tech went up 52 to seven, we took all starters out of the game, um, put in all backups. And to that point, SFA had seven points on a one, one yard drive. So basically not the defense's fault and 166 yards of offense or no 139 yards of offense before. Um, So more than half of their points, more than half of their yardage came you know, basically in the fourth quarter where Tech was playing all second and third string guys, aforementioned Trey Self looked awful. That wasn't necessarily a Tech looking good, but, um, you know, they they absolutely did their jobs. Didn't let SFA get anything going. I don't know how many three and outs they had in this game, but it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like he said in the, or like I said, because I read it, but they had four in a row at one point. Uh, there's five, six... Yeah, six three and outs in the game. Forcing, I don't care who you're playing, that's impressive. You know, not letting them get anything going. And really, by the middle of the first quarter, it was like, oh, okay, so this game's over. Like, we're up 21-7, but SFA can't do anything because our defense is just stopping everything they try. Yeah, and again, at, at times I felt sorry for them. I felt bad that we were so successful against this team even though it was also pretty you know pretty great to see it felt like offensively when we wanted to we could do whatever we wanted if we wanted to run a run play every down we could uh and we would stay on the field pretty long if we wanted to to keep them from gaining a first down we could and so against an fcs team it feels like that's what you should be able to do but it's been a while since i felt this confident leaving an fcs game yeah um, and sure. maybe that's that's surprising to some because under Skip Holtz, that was always a bit of an enigma how Tech would do against the <laughs> FCS team. 
But on the whole, Evan, what did you find most surprising in this game? Hey, before before you before you do that, all right, uh, just oh, real quick, and I'll take I'll take no more than three minutes. Uh, we're recording right now, right? Yeah. Good. Keep this. Matt's coming in hot. I've been on the fucking phone with Ticketmaster. Evan knows where this is going for 45 fucking minutes. All right. Hey, I've got a few minutes before I have to dip out for a little bit. So hey, go ahead and say your thoughts. I think I think the surprise for me was um, and this is a minor thing, but Buck Buchanan put every single ball in the through the back of the end zone, basically at Mizzou. And then, I mean, he was putting some of these kickoffs at like the nine yard line. So I, I don't know if that was by design or not, but it definitely uh i was not worried at all about kickoffs and kick coverage and stuff last week because every kick was a touchback and now i am a little bit so uh in a game where we pretty much shed all over the other team that's that's my surprise i guess i think to be fair he had to kick off seven times i think in this game so i yeah. and even the early ones weren't going on the back of the end zone but he may have been trying to save his leg knowing how much of a deuce we'd lay on sfa um <laughs> yeah uh I guess what was my surprise? I don't know. I'm just used to these FCS games being close. And so the fact that we were able to run away with it as well as we did, uh, I'm just happy that that happened. And I will take the happy surprise right now. Yeah. And then Matt, did you have something that was surprising from this game? Yeah, the whole thing was surprising. I wasn't expecting Tech to go out there and kick so much ass. Uh, I kind of heard you guys as I segued into the conversation uh, before I gave what probably will be the angriest coda in the history of the podcast. <laughs> um, and kind of heard you guys say that something about the Skip Holtz era, some FCS games are kind of close. Uh, Lamar comes to mind, Skip's first year. Uh, the NSU loss comes to mind the following year. Uh, so I was just surprised it was as, as wide a margin of victory as it was because Parker only completed, I think, 11 of 23. So yeah. three of his 11 passes were touchdowns. Uh, so not bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll take it. It was really the rush game that was so incredible. Maybe that's what's most surprising. Well, two part. One, Tech blew them out. And two, the rush game was un, just unstoppable. I think we had 299 rushing yards total, uh, you know, just a hair shy of passing 300 for probably the first time in who knows how long. Yeah, ESPN's so actually got us at 300 now, so I don't know if they just have it wrong or if they updated the box score or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But still, great rushing performance, a lot of that by uh, Crosby. So that was super surprising. I don't. I mean, that, that was totally absent against Mizzou. Yeah. So I, I just say the fact that we destroyed them so so convincingly and uh, the rushing attack improving uh, exponentially between the first and the second game. Yeah, and so player of the game, uh, I'll go first and call dibs on Marquise Crosby. I mean, you can't run for well, 196 yards on the night, 197, depending on which stats well, that you're looking at, and well, not win real, player of the game. Well, then real quick, I'm going to go Burnett for oh, me. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> you can't show up late and then snipe my guy. Come on. I may have uh, lost two hundred and seven dollars to a multi-international <laughs> conglomerate monopolized bullshit corporation. And if I'm you're curious it. what Matt's talking about, listen after the credits. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, you can still take one of the guys we picked. Yeah, I mean, those are, those are absolutely the two players of the game. Um, Parker had a good. I mean, par- whatever. Go who ahead. Had go the ahead. interception. Jaden Cole. Oh. Jaden Cole. Yeah, uh, I'll go. I'll give an honorable mention to Jaden Cole then. Six tackles, yeah. including a half sack, um, and had bad. the had the interception. So, uh, pretty yeah, good, good for the for the I think junior safety for Tech. So, 
uh, just, I mean, a great night for the for the defensive backfield again. Uh, Miles Brooks looking really good, um, popping the shit out of one of SFA's quarterbacks. So that was fun. But uh, yeah, it's it's Burnett or uh, or Crosby, depending on which side of the ball you liked watching better. Yeah, and uh, Jaden Cole is a senior. He was on this team in 2017. Oh, so, um, oops, <laughs> he's, he's a bit of a senior at that. Yeah. Uh, so final thoughts, did tech go and did tech die? Uh, I feel like this was a very obvious tech went and did not die. Uh, again, they've struggled with these FCS opponents in the past and they just did not against Stephen F Austin ran away with it early. And you could just kind of cruise in the fourth quarter without having to worry about SFA, even making it a game late. I think that's just textbook tech went and did not die. How about yep. textbook? that's nice. something there's something there uh yeah. yeah tech tech went and did not die um obviously and it was it was great like i said earlier nice uh nice to just stretch out you know i saw a lot of things that i liked. that's the first thought that jumps in my mind uh, i saw a lot of things that i liked. uh it felt really good to win again i cannot stress that enough we tech won three games last year three <laughs> it felt good to see progress in areas that I thought were of serious concern. And I realize again that it's against inferior competition, but to go from four rushing yards against Mizzou to 300, uh, I don't care who you're playing. That's, that's a tremendous step in the right direction. So final thoughts, feels good to win. Feels good to see a lot of improvement. Uh, Now I'm not expecting much more improvement as we go off to play Clemson next week in South Carolina. Uh, not too optimistic that 33 point underdog bulldogs are going to, are going to win that one. But uh, it speaks a lot to hopefully the direction we're headed in and as conference play opens up, maybe we'll be able to snatch enough games to, to go to a ball, which I would consider to be a tremendous success for Cumbie's first year. Yeah. I mean, things could be much worse than they are right now. We're at one and one after oh, a very uh, losable game. Could have uh, lost to SFA. So things yeah. could have been much worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good at one and one at in terms of getting bowl eligible but we'll have to see again this week may not show us much either against clemson but hopefully after that we can get back on track and get back to winning some games uh but that about wraps it up for this episode of the go tech please don't die podcast as always you can follow us on twitter at g-o-t-e-c-h-p-l-s-d-n-t-d-i-e or head to our blog gtpdd.dog where you can read some stories uh one comes out on game day each week about uh, what to expect from the team that we're facing. Plus we have other stuff coming out throughout the year. There's also the contest gtpdd.dog slash contest where you can fill it out and compete against your peers to see who is the best tech fan. I guess that's what that's deciding. Uh, and you can do Kusa fantasy where you pick a player. Uh, you have $15 to spend. You pick five players to spend those $15 and you see who can get the most fantasy points last week, uh, or I guess week one, a, a the tower rack WKU one. So, come on, you can't let another fan of another school win this. Yeah, it has to be a Tech yeah. fan. Come on, guys, yeah. do better. Fuck, fuck that guy. No, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, no, they are. they're really cool, but they shouldn't win. GTPDD.dog slash fantasy. And the last thing that I'll read off here is the shop. GTPDD.dog slash shop, where you can get this month's shirt of the month. It's a Spirit of 88 Bulldog statue shirt that you should absolutely get. It's GTP. great dd.dog slash shop and until next time i'm nathan i'm evan i'm matt and go tech please don't die
because I bought tickets January in 2020. So almost three fucking years ago, I bought tickets for a concert and it kept getting postponed, kept getting postponed. Well, then life happened. Julia got pregnant. She was going to give birth around the time of the concert. So I just kept going back to the page and it said, eventually you'll be able to transfer these tickets. Temporarily unavailable, but you'll be able to do so 72 hours before the concert. I said, okay, cool. The ticket, I sold the tickets in July, July 21st. At 7.30 Central, the, the tickets, <laughs> at 7.30 Central today, the tickets went live so I could transfer them. The transfer feature is unavailable. So I said, well, what the fuck? Maybe it's just a little delayed because of computer or whatever. Uh, uh, apparently not because I called Ticketmaster, which took like 10 minutes of wait time, 15 minutes of wait time, listening to the same shitty piano sonata over and over again uh, just to have some woman tell me that, oh, sorry, this event's been postponed twice, so it's not eligible for transfer. What? <laughs> what? So I sold these tickets to so some poor fuck who I'm now going to have to go through StubHub to explain, hey, not only are you not going, I don't know what's going to happen to your money because I'm not going to get it, and I don't know what StubHub's going to do with it.